0: Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran.
1: I'm joined on the line by Finnegale Deputy Paul Kehoe. Good morning, Paul. Uh,
0: good morning, Jim, and uh, good morning to our listeners.
1: Thanks very much for taking our call. I know you were listening to our previous uh, conversation there, John Coleman, uh, in relation to the link between Savannah, Georgia, and Wexford. And I know that you were very much involved in the, the early stages. Uh, you heard John there. What is your comment?
0: Well, I'm delighted to hear him, but uh, before I came on the scene, um, I have to say... Uh, to the late Monsignor Father Laurie Kio, He was the man that kept the candle uh, lit for the Savannah-Wexford uh, re- relationship for many years and he had a, a very lonely journey and, and he, he, he wrote a book on the Savannah-Wexford links, so he did. And um, in uh, 2012, the then uh, Minister for Tourism, Leo Vradkar was in Savannah on a ministerial visit for St. Pat- Patrick's Day and he came back to me afterwards. Uh, in fact, Father Laurie Kio and Sean Reedy had asked um, uh, Leo Vractor to launch a book and uh, after Leo Vractor came back from that video, or vi- came back from uh, that visit he said to me that you should go to Savannah. So the following St. Patrick's Day I went to Savannah and, uh, and then after my visit I said there's huge potential here and I said that I was unable to bring this potential forward so I approached the uh, uh, county manager at the time uh, Tom Enright and under uh, the leadership of Tom Enright and uh, uh, um, uh, he led a delegation with uh, the chair of Wexford County Council at the time, Kathleen Codd Nolan and Tony Larkin and Michael Sheen uh, to Savannah the following year. And we have now the fantastic links and relationship with Savannah. We have the Georgia Southern University set up in Wexford. We have Trade Bridge, and there's an, a lot of exciting uh, plans ahead. I, I know that John Coleman and uh, Wexford County Council and, um, uh, um, uh, and other people, Howard Keeley, uh, who have done fantastic work. But there's other people involved in the background over the years as well, the likes of Sean Reedy and Larry Bourne, who also uh, help cherish uh, that uh, relationship and I really think that we have really exciting times ahead uh, with the help of Wexford Enterprise Centre, Wexford County Council and, uh, and all the different agencies, along with government who have financially supported uh, all of their endeavours over the last number of years.
1: Well I think that there's some interesting uh, developments along, can I ask you very quickly before we leave that four years ago, what, what potential did you see? You say you saw great what was the potential in in, in very simple terms?
0: Well, the potential i see seen, I met the Savannah Chamber of Commerce uh, at the time and uh, having an, an hour of meeting, uh, sorry, an hour well, we weren't meeting for an hour, I think it went down for two and a half hours, and uh, I can still recall my private secretary time trying to drag me out of meeting, but I was trying to get to see what potential there was I just could see that they were wanting to develop the links and the relationship uh, an economic relationship with County Wexford, uh, because of the links that had been gone historical links with Savannah, Jim, I know a part of it, when you walk into the Savannah Cemetery, it is uh, like walking into one of your own local uh, cemeteries with the name Kehoe, Doyle, Murphy, Rossiter. Uh, it is it is very much a huge amount of Wexford people left the shores of, of County Wexford uh, and ended up in Savannah. And uh, they have absolutely huge links. And uh, And i seen, okay. uh, I seen that link there. And probably uh, Kehoe Ironworks uh, was probably one of the biggest company set up by an Irish man in in Savannah and they were wanting to develop that as well and the Savannah Chamber of Commerce uh, really were excited at at my visit and and that's why I I, I seen that there was potential there.
1: You have answered my question well and truly. Uh, Listen, before we move on to nightclubs and COVID and so on, new legislation being brought uh, forward by uh, Senator Malcolm Byrne in relation to uh, the targeting of of private homes of politicians for protest. Uh, What is your take on that this morning?
0: I I very much uh, support uh, uh, Senator from Malcolm Bourne on and this, and I've spoken to Malcolm and this. I've actually spoken to Uh, a lot of senior politicians in government at the moment because I was one of the people who was targeted over on four occasions where I had people um, protesting outside of my own uh, family home while my children uh, were there, my family were there and uh, it it is not a very nice uh, experience Uh, as a politician I have no issue whatsoever in people protesting but when they bring it to your own uh, personal doorstep I think it is uh, uh, bringing it to a whole different level. Well, I think
1: think what brought it home to me at the weekend, one of your children in particular was, was acutely aware of what was going on and I found that disturbing.
0: Uh, ab- absolutely. My eldest uh, at the time was uh, uh, was uh, going on eight years of age, and, and it had a long-lasting effect on her because of uh, what happened. And, and th- she was acutely aware of exactly what she knew her daddy was in politics. She knew exactly what, uh, uh, what, what protests were about. She had seen them for many years outside of my own constituency office. But uh, having them outside of your own constituency okay. is one thing. But when they bring it to your own family home, and I know at the time, it was a very frightful experience when you see three squad cars landing outside of your doorstep within 10 minutes minutes okay. and uh, five or six that, that is, that is fighting for children taking them out of the house, house for them to see exactly what, what is going on and I've seen outside the Taunish's uh, home as well, I've seen outside the Joe Duffy's home and these people uh, really should ask themselves the question would they like people uh, outside of their own homes, we're very lucky Jim in Ireland that we have a very uh, direct democracy system and uh, anybody can stand for oh, uh, yeah. uh, election and um, uh, like you know so these people are, are is entitled to stand for election and try and make the changes that they see fit right. but they have to get people on, t- to support them
1: on behalf of everybody listening this morning we wish your daughter and your family well on, on thank that you line. very much jim now uh, legislation in relation to nightclubs, um we seem to be going backwards many many people listening this morning some of us feel we're going backwards uh talk to me about the legislation in nightclubs and are you happy where we're at in terms of that legislation
0: No, Jim, I I am not at all happy to where we are are at at, at this moment in time. When you see 74 pages of guidelines, I think this could have been all avoided by not reopening nightclubs at the very start. I think it was a wrong decision by government to reopen nightclubs. I think it's a haven for uh, the spread of uh, uh, COVID-19. And uh, when we gather in uh, crowded spaces and confined spaces, well, I think we're not just thinking uh, of the wider good. Uh, I think we have to now over the next number of, of months uh, think of all the medical staff who are absolutely overwhelmed in all of our acute hospitals uh, right across uh, the country from Wexford to Donegal, specifically in Dublin and the bigger cities. And staff who are out sick and sick leave on top of the COVID situation uh, we are now going to face into the winter bugs and our resilience is not uh, as high as what it would not. Normally, be because there was very little movement uh, last year of of, of personnel. So I, I'd actually no interest, no no problem, and issue with uh, pubs and and restaurants reopening where there can be some control. There is absolutely you cannot control. Was there uh, a need?
1: was there a need to open nightclubs?
0: No, there was absolutely no need uh, whatsoever uh, to to open nightclubs, and I think it was a wrong decision by government uh, uh, to do so. Uh, and I, I I voiced my opinion. Okay, uh, my uh, next on, question: on
1: What drove that? Decision? Do you think?
0: Well, I, I, am not sure, uh, Jim. They wanted to see to get uh, society back uh, to as normal as as, as possible. Uh, but like you know, nightclubs is not a normal society where you have hundreds of people in on top of each other, uh, where there is a heavy intake of, of alcohol, and you know that uh, COVID loves alcohol. Uh, in that, it, it uh, lets people's guard down. Um, when you see the queues going in uh, to some of our night clubs uh, last uh, Friday night weekend uh, like p- ha- having people buying tickets uh, pre going into a nightclub that's not going to stop you the social distance when you get inside when you get inside the nightclub you're going to carry on the very same as you did uh, back in 2018 or 2019 and it was a wrong decision and uh, I, 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 I really feel and the, re- the reason why I, I think it was a wrong decision is that our hospitals our Aes are absolutely overwhelmed there's a huge amount of people, including myself. I had the the, the flu last week. It wasn't COVID. I had the antigen tests on on a daily basis. but like you know, it it it, it, it is a- absolutely rampant out there uh, uh, at the moment, uh, and I would encourage people uh, to limit their social um, uh, interaction uh, with people insofar as they possibly uh, can, and to go back to the basics of washing your hands, uh, the social distancing, and most importantly, wearing masks. And I, I, I see out in in public, in large in, in congregations, uh, out outdoor congregations that people are not wearing masks I would encourage people to wear masks in outdoor congregations especially if okay. you are going to be mixing with people even in That's the outdoors if you're at a football match or something like that, uh, maybe uh, uh, there's less of a chance that you're going to be interacting with people face to face but there are uh, occasions now where we are back to normal uh, and where we are interacting with people in congregated areas with in large large attendances and I would ask people uh, to wear a masks and okay. think of the staff in the hospital well, you in for General
1: Hospital. you that, you lead me nicely into our uh, you 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 will have heard many of you will hear, have heard on southeast radio news uh, independent councillor joe carthy referring to the frontline staff and those frontline staff have to go home every evening to their f- family and uh, we 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 all each and every one of us need to to be more mindful of that. Uh, we are where we are. Well, Paul. Jim, I, I'm
0: actually married to from my my, my own wife, wife, wife is a nurse, uh, and like uh, Bridget would tell me, uh, uh, like the pressures that absolutely every staff member, and I mean every staff member from management right down uh, uh, to, to, to the to the last member of staff from Wexford General Hospital and all of our all of our medical facilities, they are absolutely stressed. This has been a really tough 24 months on them. Uh, uh, or 18 months on, on, on them. You could say 24 months because we had the we the, the winter bug from December of, of 2019 leading through into COVID in, in March of, of uh, 2020. And we are still suffering and, and dealing with COVID. Paul, and it, we, it are, is...
1: we are three or four weeks away from party season. And, uh, you know, do you see a potential for maybe localised lockdowns in the coming weeks and months?
0: Well, the government and the Taoiseach have said that uh, the said that they don't foresee any uh, localised lockdowns or anything like that. And what I do hope you they, see? I hope, I hope they are right. Well, I don't foresee it because I, I, I think what you might see is uh, a curtailment in nightclubs and things like that. I think the government might have to revisit that situation uh, when, they, when they look at the amount of confirmed cases uh, and the age groups that, that it is coming from because there's a huge amount of uh, uh, young people who are being come diagnosed with COVID who mightn't have the full vaccination who might only have one uh, vaccination. And anybody who has only one vaccination, I would really encourage them to go and get their second vaccine. And also anybody who has not had a vaccine, to go and get vaccinated. and Not to be listening to some of the misinformation uh, that is out there on fi- Facebook and, and other uh, social media uh, platforms. Some of this is absolutely, uh, totally incorrect in some of the information okay. that, that is out there. And I would ask people to check with their, uh, their medical practitioner, their GP or whatever. If you have concerns around your own medical condition uh, regarding the vaccine, thank you, the vaccine.
1: thank you for talking to us this morning. That was really your deputy, to there, Paul Cahill.
0: Southeast Radio's morning mix: chat, news, and your views.